Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Welcome to this special homecoming episode of the History Academy. Unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we had to postpone homecoming celebrations until 2021. However, this doesn't mean we can't relive what makes this time so special. From alumni stories, special barbecue recipes, and a special presentation by the drumline, the Office for Advancement hopes this helps keep your RMA spirit high and heart full. I'd like to welcome Errol Biso back to the History Academy. Now, Errol, tell us about the first homecoming. This is an old uh, General Beaver story that I really haven't told to too many people because uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of hard to believe, but uh, it's actually true. Uh, Colonel McGinnis, who was the football coach from 1952 until 1970, uh, he, he was... Uh, really, he wasn't married at the time he came back to when, when he came to Riverside in the first place. Uh, but when I graduated in 1961, Colonel McGinnis was still here, of course, and he, he got married during the years that I was in college. I think uh, he and Terry got married in 1963. And uh, Bill was, of course, was the head football coach, and uh, Terry was one she was a she was a go-getter she 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 really wanted things to be done certain ways and so forth and so on and terry had decided that uh i didn't know any reason why we didn't have a homecoming celebration uh just couldn't understand that and uh <laughs> so she actually started this really before my wife got here because we got back in 1966 but terry had been trying to get uh general beaver to okay her to at least do some things like buy some crate paper or do some things like that for homecoming or to fix up the dressing rooms or, you know, anything that would be a little different because Riverside never really did much of anything during during a football game, particularly homecoming. So uh, she kept after him, kept after him. And then when I got back here in 1966, and I was one of Bill's assistant coaches until 1969, my wife sort of got into it with Terry, too. So they used to go up to the general's office, and, and they'd come back, and, oh, well, he still don't want to do anything and so forth. And So they kept after him, kept after him, and I guess about 1968, the general, I finally, I understand, most probably just got exasperated with both of them coming in the office. So he, he finally, he reached in his wallet, and he pulled out a $10 bill and he said, here, you, you girls here, y'all have this. Y'all can have homecoming. Here's $10. And, uh, of course, that was, that was the story and that, that, that was the, what we call the first homecoming, that official homecoming that we had. But the general contributed to it. He, he gave us $10 and he said, okay, y'all go ahead, have your homecoming. But, uh, <laughs> of course, $10 meant a whole lot more then, but it wasn't anywhere near what they needed for what they wanted to do. But uh, that's one of the General Beaver stories. That, you know, the man was very tight with a buck. I think that's why he was able to accumulate such a big endowment, because uh, he ain't going to spend money for just about anything. 
But anyway, Terry McGinnis and my wife, they were the really the instrumental, the people that were instrumental in getting us to celebrate a homecoming game each year. And then after uh, I became head coach, uh, Terry would help Barbara, and they would still do that. And Colonel Nichols jumped in, and he and Barbara really were the ones that were doing it during the 70s and 80s when I was the head coach. So that was the first homecoming we had that was actually supported by the school. <laughs> and that's the way it is. <laughs> Many of you have big reunion years, and even though we can't celebrate with you in person, we want you to know that we honor this special time. I have two special guests joining us today to share stories, Norm Blake celebrating his 60th reunion and Cy Zuckerman celebrating his 70th reunion. Congratulations to our reunion year classes. Hi, I'm Cy Zuckerman, the class of 1950. Mr. Zuckerman, tell me about General Beaver and his impact on your life. Uh, General Beaver was a very fine gentleman, and he uh, uh, he, he would uh, speak to us on occasion in the chapel when we had our morning uh, meeting. Uh, he would get up and speak, and he would always tell us about what we needed to do in order to uh, uh, build a career for ourselves and uh, always told us that we had to be mentally sharp and follow a very good routine and stay healthy physically, uh, which I have done all my life. I still play golf very well, uh, and as, as a result of all of the training and uh, uh, that I had received at Riverside, all the company commanders and officers, he would run an etiquette uh, a program where we would teach us exactly how we were supposed to uh, behave ourselves during a, a meal with other people and uh, so that we would be upstanding and uh, behave ourselves in the proper fashion. And uh, he also told us about uh, that we had to be uh, uh, watch our monies, that uh, money was very important and that if we made money, we had to be very careful with how we spent it. Uh, because uh, money was uh, could go right through yours very quest uh, very easily. What was living in West Barracks like for you? Uh, we lived in West Barracks, and they were really basic barracks uh, uh, living conditions. You walked into the barracks right off the, of the uh, uh, the pathway, uh, right into the barracks, and there was uh, the double bed. We had a sink. We had a, uh, a desk with a couple of chairs, and they were, uh, and some of the room, uh, some of the uh, barracks were able to accommodate four beds, uh, up, upper and lower. So it was, and uh, and then you had an adjoining bathroom with another room, which it was exactly the same way, and you had some shelves for uh, uh, to uh, place some of your, your personal items, and that was really the basic with a nice window, and that was it. Uh, and a little heater so that uh, we kept the room fairly uh, warm uh, as best it could. What meal did you look forward to the most? The fried chicken. <laughs> uh, they had delicious. On Sunday was our special meal where they would give us either fried chicken or they would give us ham. And that was uh, the, the ideal uh, and, and, a, and a pork chop. 
so they would uh, rotate it uh, depending upon uh, uh, the week it was. And so that was the ideal uh, a meal that we used to look forward to. Uh, and uh, so uh, uh, it was, uh, but we uh, we had to also be very careful when we went into uh, the mess hall uh, or the dining room, I should say, that we all ha- all had to behave ourselves and eat properly. And so that was also something that was uh, ingrained and, and told to us. Uh, so we learned how to eat properly and behave ourselves. No no elbows on the table, uh, and we had to sit up straight. And all the officers sat at the end of the table, and they made sure that all the other cadets sitting at their table would eat, uh, would be eating properly. What teacher was most influential in your life? The, the teacher who was really outstanding, which really helped us, was Colonel Watson, who was the math teacher. And if, in fact, you had any problem with algebra or geometry, those are my most difficult courses, uh, he would be able to uh, sit with you and explain to you exactly how to uh, solve the problem and how to do it. And so he was really wonderful. And also we had an English teacher who was outstanding, uh, was Major Lee, and he was also a very outstanding teacher. This is Norm Blake, class of 1960. Mr. Blake, tell us how wrestling helped to shape your determination. Well, uh, frankly, I think wrestling is probably one of the most challenging uh, uh, sports there are in terms of uh, training and and, uh, developing a skill in wrestling. And it uh, takes a lot of hard work and a lot of determination and energy to be successful. And um, uh, in my particular case, uh, the coach had a a sign on the ceiling uh, in which it stated that if you think you're going to lose, you've already lost. And uh, in wrestling, of course, if you're on your back, you're seeing the ceiling, and I see that sign. And it always reminded me never to give up on myself and never think you can lose, but have enough self-confidence and determination, and you'll succeed. General Beaver was a man of wise words. Impart some of his wisdom on us. Well, Sandy Beaver was sort of like a father figure to all of us. Um, and, you know, we'd go into assembly, and he'd always have some pearls of wisdom to share with us. And the one that was most notable to me was that, uh, that you really have to rely upon yourself uh, as, as a matter of determination and self-reliance. I can't remember exactly what the quote was right now, but it was something to the effect that uh, the man is uh, wearing your coat, which meaning you, is who you have to rely upon, that you should be a person who would be accountable to yourself or your performance and your success and not to be relying upon other anyone else or to hold someone else accountable for your failure. The other experience I had is that in my senior year, I was a master sergeant. I'd, I'd been at the school just two years at my junior and senior year. In the last seven months of my, my time of being at uh, Riverside, I was uh, a master sergeant but was assigned responsibility for a platoon. And uh, one of the things that I recognized was, and I, maybe this is also a quote from Sandy Bieber, I'm not quite sure, but essentially it's not what you wear on your shoulders, but but who is wearing wearing it. So namely that rank does not entirely do any real privilege. It is the character of the person uh, that counts, and that it's not the rank on your shoulder, but uh, who you are as a person It's what uh, really counts. And for you to be an effective leader, you have to have the strength of character and, and qualities to earn the respect of others, and that uh, they're not going to respect you necessarily because you have a certain rank on your shoulder. 
What food made an impression on you? Spaghetti. <laughs> food was not spectacular, but at least when you had spaghetti, you knew what you were getting. Okay, everyone, close your eyes. Unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're not driving, close your eyes and imagine. A sunny homecoming early afternoon. The crowd seemed to be following the captivating smells coming from the class of 1966 Family Park. Alumnus Ryan Honey is seen preparing a savory meal of barbecue pork, ribs, baked beans, smoked chicken salad, all to be washed down with a tall glass of sweet tea. This has been the scene for many homecomings of the past. Ryan Honey has catered our Saturday barbecue lunch all to the cheers of the large crowds of alumni and their families. Even though we can't be in person to smell those warm smells and taste that mouth-watering food, we thought to offer you, the Brotherhood, a special treat of barbecue tips, tricks, and recipes from Ryan himself. Hey, I'm Ryan Honey. Class of 96, and uh, just remembering about homecoming, all the wonderful times we've had. I've been privileged over the last many years to cook the alumni uh, barbecue at homecoming, and it's something that uh, has always been really well received by everyone. Uh, it's definitely a time that I've always looked forward to every year and enjoyed uh, having that fellowship with my brothers. And um, over the years, y'all have asked several different questions about my barbecue, about my dry rub, and I've got the recipe here for that, and then also about my Georgia Red barbecue sauce, which I have a, a recipe for that as well, and I got another one for my smoked chicken salad. So I want to share those with you guys. Uh, I know a lot of y'all like to do barbecue at home, and anybody who barbecues always looking for more tips, tricks, and secrets. So I got some of those here to share with you today. Let's start off with a smoked chicken salad recipe. This is uh, a pretty simple, easy recipe that you, know, you can enjoy doing at home. It's based off of just one whole smoked chicken. In order to smoke the chickens, you're going to put uh, a simple rub on it. Generally, with chicken, I just use salt and pepper, maybe a little bit of white sugar on it, and smoke it uh, until it's good to go. You're going to debone all the chicken, take all the meat off, and uh, you have to be very careful. Make sure you get all the little teeny bones out of there and get as much meat as you can. So you take all that and put it in a, in a bowl and mix in one and a half cup mayonnaise. We're going to add a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, two tablespoons of sweet relish, one cup of diced celery, one cup of diced red onion, one cup of quartered red grapes, one half cup of crushed pecans, and a half cup of crumbled blue cheese. And we just mix everything together thoroughly. It's uh, a real simple recipe and the combination of the smoke in the chicken and the blue cheese 
the grapes, and pecans, it's out of sight. Uh, it's always, always been a big hit, and I think we've gone through every single pan I could bring down there. That's a great one to try at home. If we're going to talk about pork barbecue, everybody wants to know two things, the dry rub and uh, making a good barbecue sauce. Now, I've got the recipes here for both of them. They're from my restaurant, and I don't share this with much of anybody but uh, family, and since we're all brothers, I'm going to share them with you. The recipes here are for more of my uh, restaurant. They're kind of a larger scale, but it's going to give you an idea of what I put into each of those, and that will give you some guidelines if you're interested in making your own dry rub for pork shoulders or for ribs and uh, making your own Northeast Georgia style barbecue sauce. And my recipe for my barbecue sauce is a top notch. It took second place at the state championships at the Big Pig Jig down in Vienna, Georgia. So it's uh, approved and guaranteed to be good. Well, let's start off with the rub. Brown sugar is the base of a good pork barbecue rub. My recipe makes about Four, it'll fill about four gallons out of a five-gallon bucket. So I'm going to give you the recipe as I have it. We got eight pounds of brown sugar, five cups of kosher salt, 16 ounces of paprika. Now, you're going to scale all this down at home, but uh, if you can, get smoked paprika. It's uh, a little bit better and it's a little bit milder than Hungarian hot paprika. The next ingredient we have, four cups of, um, not a coarse ground, but what we call a cafe ground black pepper. Four cups of granulated garlic. And it's important to note that we're not talking garlic salt, just granulated garlic. When you use garlic salt, it's gonna make it too salty. Next we have four cups of onion powder, two cups of celery salt, two cups of thyme Next, we have chili powders. Now, you can use dark and light chili powder. Um, in this commercial recipe, I have one and a half cups of chipotle chili powder, one and a half cups dark chili powder, and one and a half cups light chili powder. Uh, I like to make a blend of the chili powders. And if you're doing it at home, you can really uh, you can order online a ton of different powders from individual chilies like guajillo, uh, chile arbol, uh, camayo chilies, and really get a lot of range to the flavor of the chili powders. So ultimately, brown sugar and chili powder are the two largest components in the pork rub. So after the chili powder, we've got one cup of mustard powder, one quarter cup ground ginger, one quarter cup nutmeg, and a half cup of cinnamon. The cinnamon gives it a little bit of sweetness. The nutmeg and ginger give it a little bit of brightness and savoriness. And then of course you have your sweet from the brown sugar, the salt, and a little bit of heat. So it's a, a pretty well-rounded dry rub. And you can take that information and alter it your own ways with what's available to you, what you can order online, and really come out with some outstanding varieties 
of port dry rub and you can control the level of heat on those real easily by adjusting the chili powders that you use. Third and final recipe I got for you guys, my Georgia red barbecue sauce. Now again, this is straight out of the restaurant. This recipe makes four gallons. Again, this will give you an idea of what I of what I do, and you can take this and and alter it any way you want to make it easy for you. We're gonna blend together a lot of ingredients to make what I call a mash. So we just put all this in a food processor or blender and and let it rip. Uh, two sticks of butter. 12 cups of diced onions, one third cup minced garlic, a 28 ounce can of roasted red bell peppers, two large green bell peppers, about two cups, one third cup liquid smoke, one third cup soy sauce, one third cup teriyaki sauce, and one third cup uh, Worcestershire sauce. So you put all that together, in a blender or food processor and zip it into a puree. Put it in the stock pot. To that, we're gonna add two sticks of butter, three gallons of ketchup, eight cups apple cider vinegar, four pounds brown sugar, three cups Worcestershire, three cups soy sauce, three cups teriyaki sauce, four cups of molasses. Um, I like grandma's molasses. That's uh, pretty universally available and it's not too bitter. Next we add six ounces of liquid smoke. Now we get into the dry ingredients. We're going back to chili powders. I put in three tablespoons of guajillo chili powder, two tablespoons light chili powder, three tablespoons red pepper flakes, five tablespoons dark chili powder, two tablespoons kosher salt, two tablespoons coarse ground black pepper, four tablespoons dry mustard, and six tablespoons of ginger powder. And you're going to heat that through in a big stock pot over medium heat, medium high heat, for about 20 minutes, stir it often. And you can actually just take it straight from that and bottle it in mason jars. Um, we use gallon jugs for the restaurant, but uh, that recipe makes about four gallons. It's best that you just take that as an idea uh, and experiment off of it, uh, especially as far as the quantities, because that's a pretty large quantity recipe. But you can dial it down, make it at home, and uh, enjoy some old-fashioned Riverside Alumni Barbecue there at home. So I just want to tell everybody, I hope y'all are doing good. I miss seeing everybody this year. I always look forward to it, and I love y'all. hope y'all have a wonderful uh, October wherever you are. Hi, my name is Chief Warrant Officer Steve Giovi. I'm the Director of Bands, and uh, today we're bringing you our drum line. The uh, first thing you'll hear is a thing called Bringing the Noise. Bringing the Noise is written by Joe Guzman, something we play at the football games. And uh, also, the second thing you'll hear is a 2-4 cadence that I wrote uh, a long time ago for the Marine Corps. And uh, now we march our cadets 
which is something uh, we like to do. And our motto is, as the band goes, so goes the core. So the drums play, the core marches. And uh, so we're, we're happy to do this for you. for listening we look forward to celebrating with you at next year's homecoming but in the meantime continue listening to the history academy stay safe and do what you're supposed to do